Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Wednesday night, March 24th. Thanks for tuning in here to Wrestling Eggs. We have another Wednesday Night Wars at us. We had chaos going on AEW, bodies flying everywhere, promos on fire in NXT as they're on the road to take over. A lot to discuss here tonight. I'm Justin Lamar alongside Alfred Cunnewell. You can read him on Forbes.com. And returning after a few weeks, the blueprint, Matt Morgan. Gentlemen, how are we doing? I wish it was a few weeks, but it was only like a week and a half technically. Well, we haven't had you the last two Wednesdays, so that's two weeks for us. Oh, okay. It's good to see you back, man. <laughs> but this it's not like my, forever. This is my favorite show night to cover, though, for what it's worth. Oh, there you go. Well, we, we, we know we're good company. We appreciate the shout-out. All right, so uh, I know a lot of times we start with AEW, uh, but you know, what we're going to do, we are on the road to takeover. We've seen a lot of chatter about NXT and want to get that kind of in the front spot here. So I'm going to let Alfred go ahead and drive, as Raj would say, and let's talk NXT tonight first, guys. Let's talk NXT. We opened with a tag team match between Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai taking on uh, Zoe Stark and Io Shirai. It was a good match. Lots of high flying toward the end. Uh, the finish came with Raquel Gonzalez. She has uh, Zoe Stark up in that choke bomb um, finisher that she has. And while she has her up, she kicks Io Shirai off the apron and then hits the choke bomb, uh, beats Zoe clean. They stare each other down. After the match, while they're facing off, Dakota Kai uh, distracts Io which allows Raquel Gonzalez to maul Io Shirai and then do a choke bomb again, this time on the table. She didn't go through the table. So uh, Raquel Gonzalez stands tall in this opening segment. To, to, to choke bomb and do what she did was very impressive. Very impressive. That's – I never, like – Cornette always used to – and who Jimmy Cornette used to basically agent a lot of my TNA matches. Um, he knows my moveset. He knows basically everything about me. But there'll be times where, like, he'd want me to put somebody in a Davy Boy position, you know, up on my shoulder here like this, you know, or whatnot, while throwing the big boot or catching a guy in a cross body and big booting the other charging at me. And it is not easy. It's really not easy. Your knee can go out. Um, your leg can go out. Your ankle can be rolled. Lots of things. So when I saw her do that, I was like, damn, she is a stud athlete besides being a good worker. 
Yeah, this match uh, shaping up to be obviously one of the ones they're featuring, obviously for Takeover, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I this all things point towards I, I think this is Raquel's moment. It's coming here. I think a title win, you know, early on prediction here for me. I think Raquel getting the title is uh, probably pretty well decided at this point. And this will be your main event for night one, and I'm very much looking forward to it. We go backstage, and I actually love this. We get Adam Cole pulling up on Kyle O'Reilly while he was training jiu-jitsu. Kyle O'Reilly shoots him quickly, takes him down. Uh, It was a pull-apart brawl, and they're just cussing at each other and getting pulled apart. I I like this because it was just an upgrade from what the last kind of pull-apart was when they were doing that cops thing that seemed kind of cartoonish to me. But what did you guys think about this? Go ahead, Josh. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, like you said, we, we kind of laughed at like, the cops thing last last week with the, with the lights and the cursing and everything. But this is good. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe yeah, a little, oh, the security cam footage, but I'm fine. This, there's a lot of emotion and rawness behind it. It's not something we – they don't often show security footage of anywhere outside the WWE grounds. So I, I was good with something different. I mean, it's obviously this is, again, a key, a key match. This is what we're finishing the night with. So fine with, what, with these attempts to add, add more personal touch to it. I, I, I honestly don't care. Um. I don't care. I haven't cared about those other three members of that group for so frigging long. So, like, let's say he does somehow beat, you know, he somehow, let's say somehow he somehow wins, right? It's like, even then, I'm not going to start taking him any more serious and be like, oh, he's going to be a main event talent on the main roster. It's, it's coming. I still, there's nothing, I don't know. I mean, no disrespect. He can't grow three inches all of a sudden. Put on twenty more pounds of muscle, and and and, I, I, and that's just the physicality part of it. As far as character goes, I just I don't know. I just don't care. I mean, I know what you mean, Matt. I I think that I think the best thing that could happen for Kyle O'Reilly. Because I agree, if he goes to Raw or SmackDown, no disrespect to him, but he's going to get lumped into twenty four seven conga lines in a matter of, of weeks. Um, but I think what could what could happen is if he does go over and if he does beat an Adam Cole at Takeover, then maybe that's uh-huh. maybe that's Cole's swan song in NXT. Um, maybe it, maybe at least Kyle Riley can be try to be the bigger fish in the smaller pond of NXT. Maybe he can be a regular. Really? Um, can I ask you a question? What would be the difference between him and Finn Balor? Yeah, you, well, you're right. I mean, it, it. You're right. It wouldn't be he same size stature, but at least at least Kyle Riley can go from being second fiddle guy in the undisputed era to where he can maybe maybe he leads his own stable. You know what I mean? But I think it, it, it it's only in the NXT pond. Because I'll be clear, I don't think Finn Balor is the top dog in that company. I do not. I don't see him that way. Well, we'll get to his promo here in a minute. Yeah, his days might be numbered for all we know. Uh, $5 super chat coming from uh, Brett Murphy. He said, welcome back, big fella. Uh, both shows were Thank awesome. You. Matt, did you watch any college wrestling championships last Saturday? I Love did. seeing Ferrari and Stevenson. Absolutely. I actually did. I watched it from the gym, actually. Yeah, very, very good stuff. Kid from Carolina is very impressive. So while you were talking about you didn't like the Undisputed Era members, man, I'm sure you didn't like this next segment because we got Roderick Strong. He's trying to convince Kyle O'Reilly that they both need to beat up uh, Adam Cole together, and Kyle just says no. So Roderick Strong says both you guys can go to hell. Ooh. Wow. Breaking out the bars there. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Uh, Stella Justin Lopez, $1.99, Cole and O'Reilly should be loser leaves NXT. That's what I said last week, and I thought that that's what we would, we would get. That seemed like that would be, you know, NXT can't contain both these men. I uh, thought that's where we would get, but we'll we'll get more on the stipulations. Uh, Bro, my backyard could contain both of those men. Brown <laughs> 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 and Shaw, $5. Welcome back, Matt. Really great promos from Cole and O'Reilly. Love the line Kyle said, I've sold my soul for the Undisputed Era, and I want it back. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a strong ending, and a night that was good promos here for NXT. 
as we'll get to that segment here shortly. Yeah, well, we got into a couple more promos. One from LA Knight, says the ruler is here, just cutting a short promo before his match. And then we get a promo from Jordan Devlin, who says that he likes Kushida, but he's at the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, this leads us to Bronson Reed versus LA Knight. Uh, Reed dominates early. Uh, Knight comes back. This is a pretty long match. Uh, the finish came when L.A. Knight did that kind of Shelton Benjamin jump up to the top ropes, gets pushed back down, and then Bronson Reed hits a tsunami and beats L.A. Knight clean in the middle of the ring. Complete bullshit. Complete bullshit. Anybody WWE watching, you're an idiot. Whoever booked that for L.A. Knight to be losing any matches, you should be fired. You are an absolute imbecile. He's a main event talent waiting to happen with your company. You buffoons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Justin? On a calmer note, uh, I, I was surprised <laughs> well that, that, that Drake, uh, or Knight, excuse me, lost this soon. I mean, I like Bronson Reed. I love that finish. But, yeah, this I did not see this coming uh, to be a clean loss, you know, his third week there or whatever it is. You want some more sound bites? Bronson Reed couldn't main, could not main event my fundraiser event that I'm having on April 10th at the Sanford International Airport where I'm raising money for the Hope and Healing Center for opioid addicts. He couldn't main event that. Want to know why? Because I'm on it. <laughs> at 44. Well, uh, listen, I will say I'm a huge fan of Bronson Reed. I like Bronson Reed a lot. And I was actually kind of worried that he was going to lose this match because, you know, L.A. Knight is still uh, very new and they're still talking him up as being a superstar, a megastar, whatever they're saying. Yep. So I was very surprised to see him uh, lose this match this early. Because but, it's not uh, logical. You don't bring in a stud like that and beat him. That's so stupid. This is like what they did with. Nakamura, Bobby Roode, the list goes on, except when they take their NXT talent to bring them to the main roster. And they beat them too quickly. This was idiotic on just biblical proportions. I'm not overrating LA Knight one iota when I say he's a main event act waiting to happen. And they're going to screw the pooch with him. I hope they don't. And for those that are saying, oh, they're probably testing him. He went he went to wrestle for the competition. Really impact? Is it really competition? Um, for, for a little bit. He became a bigger name with a with a outside of WWE type of company. Maybe that's why. I don't give a crap what their reasoning is. It does not hold up. It doesn't hold water. It makes no sense. He has no holes in his game. No holes. Bobby Roode, I'm a huge fan of Bobby Roode. But Bobby could not hang with this guy on the microphone. Nobody on that roster can hang with this guy on the microphone. I would even argue 99% of our WWE SmackDown and Raw roster could not hang with this guy on a microphone. I don't understand why you'd beat him. Bronson Reed, you guys are really liking him. Would you pay money for Bronson Reed? Would you pay money to go see him? If he's the only act on the show only, would you be more willing to see him or a guy who's going to get out there and make you laugh from promos or make you emotionally invest, one or the other? I would with L.A. Knight because he's going to make me care more about him and even his opponent. Because I've never cared about Bronson Reed one iota. I now kind of do because of his promos. I, I mean, I agree. I, in terms of like, no, I'm not paying money for Bronson Reed yet. What I've liked about him is I like a big man of his size that moves the way he does. But to your, you know, yeah, I'm just, I'm just surprised. Sure. On just a random Wednesday, not even this. Not, this isn't even a pay per view. They didn't even build no, for like months. That's my point. But and what and what's more surprising is that this is NXT we're talking about, Matt. The things that you just said about. When they screwed up booking from people in the past, that's usually once it gets to Raw or SmackDown, and we know that. Right. But, I mean, like, uh, Triple H and company usually are much more linear and focused on their booking and their building of stars. I, I, 
I don't know if there's a story to this, but this, again, this was very shocking. A couple of things. And one thing that was shocking to me, especially, is that after LA Knight lost, I'm thinking, okay, the guy's got to get his heat back. He's going to go after his leg or something. No, he just walks off, soaks off. They show him selling. Uh, there was no getting his heat back. And then also, I will say, yes, NXT is usually very good at linearly projecting people to the top and whatnot. But in recent months, they have not been good at that at all. We saw this in the opening match where Zoe Stark took another pin after she just started. They've did this video package for her, so she's already losing. Swerve Scott, remember he was kind of doing this heel run, and they did a video package yes. for him. He's disappeared, and he lost uh, to, to Leon Ruff and just out of nowhere. So NXT's kind of been slipping up when it comes to new guys and introducing them and beating them way too early. Uh, $5 Canadian from Jody Sean Jenkins. Question, even though reaching Raw or SmackDown is clearly a goal for NXT members, do some of them watch what has happened up there and hope they don't go? Yes. I'll answer that for you. Yes, I know a bunch of them. Yes, they, there's a lot of them. We've said a couple of their names so far that would prefer to stay on NXT. Chiappa is, makes no apologies about the fact that he wants to be in NXT forever. And I think part of it is, I mean, he got a taste of the main roster, and you saw how they booked him. It was not very good. He was alongside okay. Johnny Gargano, and he was in these weird segments. Of, and so, you know, I think, I know for a fact that Chiappa wants to be in NXT forever. Yeah, but I can say I've come across, and Matt, I'm sure you, you could probably agree with this. I have come across others, though, who even they can they clearly see the mismanaging of booking that happens to their colleagues sure. on Raw SmackDown, but they, have, hey, they, yeah, have, they have they have so much. Well, that payday, yes, but they also have so much self confidence in themselves, and you're and you're taught to get, if you're going to get in this business, you want to go one place, WrestleMania, and so they have that feeling of like you know what, I can be that one exception that I'm gonna I'm gonna break through That's, the glass ceiling. So there are some that do believe that they have it in them definitely. and they can defy the odds. Yeah. There's more of them than don't. Let's be, I want to be clear about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But I can give you a handful of them that would like to stay at NXT. Yeah. Sure. Handful. Yeah, and, and payday is a big thing. Uh, let's, not, let's not let that get lost in all of this. Yeah. So some sad news. We get the news that Danny Birch has a separated shoulder, and it's serious enough to where they have to vacate the NXT tag titles. So we're going to get a triple threat match for the NXT tag titles at NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. That's going to be between the Grizzled Young Vets, MSK, and Legato Del Fantasma. Okay, I like that. I, I no offense to Birch, that's terrible. You don't want to see anybody get hurt, but uh, this is good news for the tag titles. I'll be honest, in my opinion. And this is good news for MSK. Yeah, Definitely. I agree. Yeah. I want to see them win. I mean, I think these guys have superstar potential as tag teams. Like, they, I haven't seen a tag team with this much potential in NXT for a long, long time. Yeah, you don't make your debut in a dusty tournament and, and, and win the tournament without the management already then having in mind that we're going to get the titles on you. This is just going to accelerate that timeline. Which is crazy because they didn't get much time with them. You know, they've only seen tape of them. I'm sorry, as far as get, having them work in front of them and the decision makers, for them to move this quickly on them, mm-hmm. it just sometimes goes to show you guys it is the luck of the draw sometimes. So just one of them waking up on the right side of the bed one day and saying, hey, you know what, these are, these are our guys, we're going to go with them. It'd be a really cool shock to have a brand new team win this tournament. Who knows what the reasoning was? They're right, by the way, I agree with it. Um, but sometimes you don't know. Sure. So we get a Walter video package, just kind of introducing the television viewers to who he is in case they don't watch NXT UK. I thought it was good. Um, then we get Karrion Cross versus Oni Lorcan. So this match, uh, you know, it's about Oni Lorcan getting revenge for his partner, Karrion Cross separated his shoulder. Uh, this goes through a commercial break. It was longer than I thought it should have been, you know. Who knows why? Uh, it, it ended where Karrion Cross, who's been selling his arm, hits a forearm to the back of the head to uh, Oni Borkin, wins the match. Afterwards, we get Finn Balor coming out. He's 
steps over poor Oni Lorcan's body. But Karen Cross beforehand uh, said that uh, you know there's no stopping me, and then here comes Karen, uh, Finn Balor saying that um, uh, you need to master your emotions. You need to control your emotions. You're sloppy and vulnerable, and uh, if you don't control your emotions, they will control you. Did you guys read into this anymore, or is it just me? Tell me what you read into it. The fact that he's calling him sloppy, saying like it's the same thing's going to happen that happened last week, that they're kind of publicly shaming him for hurting another guy. Oh, no. could be. I didn't know. I didn't even think of that. I really. mean, now that you say it that way, at first I didn't take it that way, but now that you say that, it's in my head, and I could see it because you. But you had to say it to me first go around. I didn't pick up on that. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I took it, Alfred. I, I thought this promo was fire. I thought Finn, Finn actually, Finn's never overly impressed me on the mic, but this was one of the best things this I saw. This was pretty decent. Yeah, his soundbite of, you know, one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to master your emotions, aka you're, you are going to beat me, or the thing that I think is going to happen, uh, you know, I, I'm going to master your emotions and I'm going to take you out of the cold water and I'm going to drown you. Like this, this had fire. And what I took about the sloppy, Alfred, was I took it as uh, Cross's emotions went nuts last week. And then he ended up costing his team, his team being he and Finn, the win because he couldn't because he couldn't control, he couldn't get get through the match, finish business, and then he, like that's how I took it. But you know, sometimes these are double entendres when they're trying to speak to things. So yeah. it, unless there's a little bit of backstage heat on Cross, I don't know of that. But unless there is, I didn't think anything of it. But now that you say that, you know, who knows? No, I will say that absolutely. It was intended for somebody who's a layman who just watched the show. It was intended to be like what you said, where he's talking about his emotions got the better of him and they lost the match. You could easily see it that way. But I just thought between him just going forever with Orny Lorcan and having to sell for Orny Lorcan and then uh, this promo is just very weird. And then like Finn saying the same thing's going to happen that happened last week. It's like, Finn, you got your ass beat last week. Uh, like that's what I thought about when he said that. And then I was just thinking, was he thinking about uh, something else? But I, I'm really excited to see these two. Uh, go one on one. I think they've done a very good job, just kind of lo-fi having these two cut promos on each other, like two guys who think they're alphas. On all three WWE brands, Karrion Cross is the one I look forward to each week to see the most. That is, that's absolutely like he's the one I turn the volume up the most and I focus on the most every time. Box he's on. office, it's because he's box office. So we get a William Regal announcement. This is a lot. Uh, so Regal announces that there's going to be a twelve-man battle royal at NXT Takeover Stand and Deliver Night One. Uh, the last six people remaining are going to be in a six-man gauntlet eliminator. There will be a fresh competitor every three minutes. The winner is going to face Johnny Gargano for the North American title on night two. You guys got all that? So I'm going to just run down the guys who are going to be in this. It's going to be Jake Atlas, uh, Swerve Scott, Leon Ruff, Austin Theory, Dexter Loomis, uh, Tyler Russ, Kushida, Cameron Grimes, Pete Dunne, Roderick Strong, Bronson Reed, and L.A. Knight. You don't see who this is going to be from a mile away? Pete Dunne? No. Cameron oh, L.A. Knight. Austin Theory. Oh, I can see that. I can see that. It's just weird that Pete Dunne is being thrown into this after, I mean, we've been talking for weeks about him saying, I'm going to face the best wrestler in the world. Could it be Daniel Bryan? It's like, no, he's going to get thrown into these. It's weird. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. He's awesome. He, he I could watch all day. I can see Cameron Grimes trying to pay off some people and trying to bump up his spot. To <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. Speaking so. of paying off. We got to interject here. Speaking of paying off, we got to thank one of our wonderful sponsors for tonight's podcast, and that's Manscaped. And Manscaped will pay off for you on this spring break. That's right. It is COVID spring break happening now, and spring break in your pants. That's right. Veronica Corningstone wouldn't say no to this pants party. Please tell me you got the Anchorman references. I hope so. Well, Manscaped, you got to use the code INC, and you can get an exclusive 20% off uh, discount. 
Uh, it's a, it, they've been a long time, uh, great supporters of us. Uh, we really you know, stand by them. You see right there, 20% INC. And, you know, Manscaped dedicated to full body grooming, whether it be the lawnmower 3.0, whether it's making it smell nice and all the other nice tools and kits they have, manscaped.com. They are the best on the market. Uh, that's the third generation trimmer, by the way. Uh, but, you know, you don't want to ruin a spring break. You don't want to get out there and you'll be taking a shirt off and all of a sudden you're just looking looking like a mess. Our own Alfred Kunawa, even. He is the newest out of all of us. He is the newest customer, the newest client of Manscaped. He got hooked up and Alfred's been keeping us uh, abreast uh, these last couple of weeks with his his uh, his lady that he's been uh, dating and, and, and he's been putting the Manscaped to use. Alfred, I saw people asking in the chat, what is the update? Uh, the update is good. Everything is fine. And now it's like I have a standard that I have to uphold. So, you know, I can't go back. I can't let it all grow back out. Otherwise, there's going to be some complaints. So uh, I've never been more aerodynamic. And, you know, Justin was showing you everything. I'd like to show you this kit that I, you know, I don't leave home without it. Because, you know, when things open back up, there's going to be traffic. You know, that's something to do in the 405 when I'm sitting in traffic. So this Manscaped stuff is incredible. Eye-opening. Thank you so much for these products. Yeah, again, again, addition to the trimmers, again, the, the shears that he was just showing out for was there. Yeah, they had the crap cleanser body wash. They got the they got the crap reviver ball toner spray on. They got everything. So, again, 20% off plus free shipping using the code INC. Go to manscaped.com. Once again, 20% off free shipping, manscaped.com, code INC to get hooked up. They've been a longtime supporter of this podcast. We appreciate it, and now they're helping out. Alfred's love life. So, I mean, what more do I need to really say? But thank you again to manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped. Uh, we get a <laughs> back in the X. That's great, Justin. <laughs> yeah, I love no. that. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, we get back to NXT. We get Kushida. There's a promo says he accepts the match. Uh, then we get Drake Maverick versus Walter, which this match is exactly what I thought it would be. Uh, Walter just ragdolls him, slaps on a half crab, wins this match in less than 30 seconds. And then Champa comes out. He challenges Walter for the title. Uh, Walter rips his necklace off, and then Imperium basically beats him down. This is exactly what Walter needed to do. I love Drake Maverick, but this is what he needed to do. You know, Walter obviously just returning back to uh, NXT here in the states uh, after being overseas. And then, yeah, I mean, look, Champa. I mean, he had that psychoness looking at looking at him, trying to go after Walter, and and obviously he's being outnumbered. Uh, I'm here for this. I'm I'm all for Walter Champa and the potentials. And, and to our point, real quick with Dunn, this is a super chat coming in from Combo Breaker 499. He says, what if Vince called an audible to add Brian to the SmackDown main event, which calls to change for Dunn? That's, of course, on the assumption we all were kind of fantasy booking that maybe Daniel Bryan was going to go to NXT and work Pete Dunn. Uh, I mean, I guess, I mean, TakeOver and Mania aren't here yet, So, I, but, I, you know, I, I don't see it at this point. Yeah, especially with Daniel Bryan. If you see how they've been booking the storyline with Edge for about the last month or so, I've been suspicious that they're going to do something with Daniel Bryan in, you know, at WrestleMania. So it seemed like they've had these plans to have Daniel Bryan be at WrestleMania for a while now. Yeah. Then we get a Pete Dunne promo. So he's just backstage saying that he's, you know, repeating that he's the best wrestler in the world. He's going to prove it to that gauntlet. But I will say this is a very disappointing result from Pete Dunne because – a lot of people thought that maybe he was going to face some big name, but that's not the case. I mean, you know, unless unless they go, okay, it's not going to be a big name. We're going to put a title. And I mean, unless he's unless he wins and gets into a title match for night two against Johnny and, and takes it. I mean, I, I guess you know, let's not count that out here. I mean, sure. I mean, Matt said Austin Theory makes a lot of sense, um, but you know, feel the twelve. Yeah, that's a good point. 
we get a backstage segment with Robert Stone. So Jess Command got injured while training, so she's not going to be in this tag team title match tonight. Instead, we get Mercedes Martinez, who Robert Stone pays her off, but she says that uh, he shorted her. She still is owed half after the match. <laughs> I, I, I love anything with Robert Stone on it. He's, yeah, uh, me too. He's been gone for a while, but now it's good to see him back. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of dis- like, yeah, I get disappointed at times where I feel like he's not used as much. And like, you know, NXT doesn't. I don't have a ton of managers. Well, I guess they have, they have Scarlett and I don't know. But, but, but Robert Stone's just talented. I mean, he's I so I, I hope they use him a little more regular and I want to see more more I, I want to see the Robert Stone brand really develop it out. Really let's get some more get some more uh uh clients for him. Yeah. Steve, Steve Marcacilli 499 says more confident cross future monster uh babyface on main rock. More confident cross <laughs> should have had punctuation more confident cross as a future monster babyface or on main roster or Cole main event heel run. So on the on the main roster, what do you think is more likely? Uh, Cross as the monster babyface or Cole as the main event heel? A thousand percent Cross as a monster babyface. I mean, Cole is good enough where he could overcome wherever, whatever you'd have to overcome, but I just don't think Karrion <laughs> Cross has as much to overcome. And you could just tell that a lot of the guys are on the main roster now. I mean, Randy Orton has been tweeting at Karrion Cross saying he wants to wrestle him. So I think the right people like Karrion Cross and he's doing a good enough job that uh, I think it's way more likely that he's a monster babyface. Yeah, that's, that's definitely that's, that's the more automatic. Uh, we, we hope that Cole can make the main event, but uh, that's the more automatic as Cross for sure. So we get um, Johnny Gargano's backstage. He's not happy about this gauntlet. He's not going to have time to prepare. Uh, he This is good because he repeats the rules. Because William Regal said a lot of rules that I had trouble following. So Gargano comes out here and reiterates what that's going to be, and I like that. And then he says he needs a game plan. Regal, of course, denies him, and he walks out. He goes, I'm not closing this door. I thought that was funny. Then we get Shotzi, Blackheart, and Ember Moon versus Aaliyah and Mercedes Martinez. This is a very short match. Uh, the finish came when they isolated Mercedes Martinez. Uh, Aaliyah is in the ring by herself. She takes a total eclipse, and Shotzi and Ember retain the titles. Yeah, I didn't good. see the, Yeah, I didn't quality see the ma- this was quality, Sorry, this was a quality match. This was good. Yeah, I didn't expect any titles to change. I'll say this. Every time I see Mercedes from now, it's kind of like how I felt when Brian first came back, Dana Bryan, and when, Ro- when Reigns first came back. It's like, you know, you, we thought we lost their, you know, we thought Brian was was medically disqualified. We, we didn't know with Roman with this cancer scare. And, like, I appreciated them so much more. I am just so appreciative of Mercedes Martinez of her not being in freaking retribution and having to go down that. But I'm so happy when I see her. We got concussion, cancer, and then Ryan is retribution. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you're saying. I think the same thing uh, to a degree. I was thinking that when I saw her and I see, like, man, it could have been so much worse for her. And she got protected tonight, so, you know, you can't complain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cameron Grimes is backstage uh, talking to Roderick Strong. He, of course, offers to buy the intellectual property of the Undisputed Era and gets knocked out for his troubles. Poor Cameron. So stupid. It's funny. <laughs> I like when he goes up to – because he likes the Cameron Grimes. He goes up to Roger, Roderick Strong. <laughs> so uh, – oh, then we go backstage, and it's Ember and Shotzi. They get confronted by Indy and Candice. So we're inevitably going to get a tag team title match on one of the nights uh, between them. I don't know if they announced that. They announced a lot for tonight, but I don't think they've announced that yet. No. Uh, then we get our wrestling main event, which is Jordan Devlin versus Kushida. This is a good match. Uh, they look work look good. Uh, Legato Del Fantasma shows up. Uh, they kind of corner Devlin. Devlin gets out of it, ducks a double clothesline. Throws Kushida in the Legado del Fantasma and rolls him up for the win. Kushida is kind of protected because he's made to run wild on Legado del Fantasma. And then, of all people, Shawn Michaels, HBK, walks out, 
throws a ladder in the ring, doesn't say a word, and walks, leaves. So now, as was suspected, we're going to get uh, Santos Escobar versus Jordan Devlin for the undisputed cruiserweight title in a ladder match. Yeah. Um, I, I thought there was a nice little touch having, having HBK out there. I think, Alfred, we were talking about this last week, this had like that Razor Sean, you got to unify the titles, who's the real champion. Um, so Sean coming out and doing that, not having to say a word, nice little touch. Um, yeah. be, it'd be a good addition to, I think, which will probably be night one. Um, trying to keep straight which matches are which. But yeah, I like this. Uh, I'm, I'm in for it. Yeah, this will, I believe this will be on night one. But yeah, that's a great way to build this up. And yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. They're protecting these cruiserweight titles, man. This this should not. This, the, you guys were okay with this being a main event, really? This is not, it's not going to be the main well, event. Of night it was one, the last. No, no, it was the last wrestling match of tonight. Is what he said before. The yeah, it wasn't the main event. When I thought it was the main event segment, I remember thinking like, man, they must be really throwing in the towel. But then I remember they still got Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. But you know, with all the respect to these guys and the wrestling ability, this really is not worthy of being a main event to go up against AEW. And the latter match will dress it up and make it better. Come take over. Uh, Chris Pantaleo, 499. Alfred, if your date says Retribution is her favorite wrestlers, do you leave her? <laughs> no, I would think that that's very unique. You know, that's kind of quirky. <laughs> I like somebody who thinks differently. That would be a... <laughs> Oof, I don't know. But that's a good question, Chris. Really? You guys would leave her? My goodness. So we get to the main event uh, segment. Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole... War of Words, this is fantastic. Regal is pissed off saying they embarrassed the company. He has this uh, contract, says it's going to be a hold harmless contract. So that's going to be the stipulation, hold harmless, not a loser leave town. Cole said uh, O'Reilly is a lapdog and a sidekick. Uh, O'Reilly counters by saying he's a better human being than Adam Cole, and Cole is the same a-hole. And then he said he sold his soul to the Undisputed Era, and he wants it back. They get into a pull apart. I mean, I'm not doing this justice, but this was a fantastic talking segment. What did you guys think? This was, yeah, it's all right. Again, I don't see why the fans wanted to talk about NXT so much. I'll be honest. I, I thought AEW is a thousand times better. So I, I, I wasn't blown away by this, 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 this whole show. The back and forth was interesting and in, in, in a good way, again, adding fuel to this. I will say this. Well, again, what confused me is that, like, the entire the build to this, this segment is, like, the consequences. And Regal's been pissed about how these two men have acted. We had to get the police involved. So, again, I thought consequence. I thought one of you is going to leave NXT. Like, I, there were, this was no consequence. You just gave them a match that they wanted. Oh, 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 the liability and the whole harmless. But, like, so the consequences, I thought, was a weird way to frame this. Like, mm. this is basically like a reward. <laughs> I mean, no, absolutely. Um, but, uh, and last, I think the last Super Chat here for NXT here, mm. uh, Alejandro, $5. Who do you see winning the Cruiserweight Championship, Devlin or Santos Escobar Jr.? I personally say Devlin, but... Oh, really? I think it should be Santos. I really, I mean, he's got a good thing going and Devlin's good and all, but I mean, Santos Escobar has a whole package and I, I want to see him continue to, to win. Nothing against Santos. I picked Devlin just because he was the original Cruiserweight champion they had in mind, who then they lost because of the pandemic. So I feel like they're going to try to like reignite his, his momentum. You don't sure. think, I mean, honestly, I think Santos Escobar is too big of a deal. He's way past the Cruiserweight title for my money. Mm. Yeah. Seriously. He's, Ball he's a. He's a talent I would pay money to watch. Well, but if he, but if he's passed the cruiserweight title, then he needs to drop it so that way he can move on and go for the North American or do something else. This is very. I mean, this is beneath him. Yeah, I could see that being him being upgraded if he loses. So you know, he's right. in a pretty good spot right now. And I completely agree with you, Justin, in that they did frame this like William Regal's going to punish these guys. It wasn't framed that they were going to get a stipulation or anything like that. So it was very weird to see them be so prepared to have this match based on what was advertised last week. Yeah. 
So, um, but again, I, I hope the back and forth is good. And this is probably the best. This is the most interesting Kyle Riley's ever been on the mic. <laughs> I'll say that. I was going to say, yeah, Kyle Riley, I thought, had the better pro- – I mean, Adam Cole's delivery and everything is a better promo in general. But I thought what Kyle Riley had to say was better than what Adam Cole had to say. I was pleasantly surprised by Kyle Riley tonight. All right, so that was NXT tonight. So we were on the road to take over, of course, April 7th uh, and April 8th, two nights, uh, April 7th. Is there will really be... a road to take over, though, Justin? Is there really a road for it? There is a road. It's it's more it's than a, just a... It's, it's, it's like a freaking dead end. It's like a uh, – I don't even know what analogy I can use. but I'm just – I'm down on NXT except for a few talents lately. It is a paved asphalt road. It is not a dirt road. It's not a path in the weeds. It's a road. It's like you know, it's like a dirt. No, it's a dirt road. All right, all right. Well, we're gonna take the dirt road over to Jacksonville. uh, (laughs) Let's uh, let's. How dare you say that about (laughs) AEW, the much more superior company in talent and wrestling show? All right, relax there, Matt Con. Um, all right, here we go. (laughs) We kick it off. We're gonna have a. uh, It's a non-title match. AEW World Champion Kenny Omega versus Matt Seidel with brother Mike at ringside. Again, non-title, uh, very competitive match, hard-hitting uh, between these two. Uh, <clears throat> of course, teasing the fact that if Seidel was to get a win, he, of course, would be in line then to be a challenger for the world title, uh, whoever the champion would be. Ultimately, though, uh, uh, Omega ends up hitting the V-trigger, uh, then the one-winged angel, one, two, three. Kenny Omega wins, uh, and that would not be the last we see of Kenny Omega. But overall, uh, solid starting match, Matt. Uh, yeah, very good match. Way to kick off the show. But, uh, again, Kenny gives too much, way too much offense. Oh, but come on, Matt. Is this Evan Bourne? Uh, yeah, like 10 years ago. Um, I just – he's very talented, but they've not booked him in a, a dominant position to where Kenny should be giving him the offense he gave him. Um, part of being a good main event talent is understanding how incredibly crucial it is that you – you are the box office draw. You are the one that people are supposed to be paying money to want to come see. And the talents from you down that roster, all the way down to the opening match, by the way, the champion opened the show, um, are dependent on you. That's the way this business works. So when you're a champion, the heavyweight champion, that's not the time to be, oh, I'm going to get this guy over. No, brother, you got to get yourself over. That, that in turn gets the company over, that in turn actually does get that talent over that you squashed, and the, the, the roster all the way down when you're champion. And I learned that from Eddie Guerrero. So anybody wants to argue with me, suck it. Eddie Guerrero knows more than you. And to your point, I think Kenny Omega would agree with you, Matt Morgan, because when he came out during his entrance, he turned straight to the camera and he goes, opening match, are you serious? Opening match. So he was not very happy. I mean, the character was not very Appreciate happy that. to be opening. Like it. So it's, yeah, very good that, that they acknowledge that. Good, good, good point. Very good point. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say, the only thing I'll say about this match, I really loved how they made use of the near falls. I do agree that, I mean, this was way too 50-50 for a world champion, but they made great use of the near falls. There were a couple of times where it just, it looked like the referee was just about to hit the three where they kicked out. And, you know, Matt so, Seidel got a lot of near falls in this match. The only reason I'm saying it, Justin, this way is because, I'm trying not to be such a homer in my opinion here. I'm not. But if I'm being honest, there's times where I can let myself just go and watch it from a wrestler's perspective and just be super entertained by, like what you just said, uh, Alfred, the fall season this match were really well done. 
the match itself was very well put together, very entertaining. But then I kept coming, morphing back into, well, this dude's a heavyweight champion. Stop giving him this shit. Well, and that's and like that's the thing, Matt. And and I, I've critiqued AEW about this. And like, man, if you say a negative word about AEW, they got a they got a a mile long message board. They'll they'll just they'll search your tweet out and just knock it forever. And I get like, the opposite. I get guys get mad at me because I I home I, I home down them too much. Like I, I critique this in the past when and yes I know it's 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 WWE booking you don't understand how AEW books but it's that thing of the 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 stars give the up and I know Matt Seidel obviously has been around a lot longer he's an up and comer but they give the yeah. people that are not the featured talent right now too much and like I said like I, I said it earlier weeks ago with a tag match that like uh, with opposite the Varsity Blondes said good young guys Pillman and them getting girth coming up but like they were given too much in whatever particular match it was and I got slam for yes. days and it, again that's the problem like i know AEW, they're trying to be generous they think that you can have a more competitive match and next still time that happens simply take a pro dead serious go find a youtube clip of scott hall or somebody has actually drawn money and reply to it with that. that that that's your answer yeah that talents that know what they're talking about have drawn money in this business guys there's a difference of drawing money versus what we see with today's wrestling there's nobody in today's wrestling that can say they drew money except John Cena, who's now retired. Uh, basically, I would argue Roman Reigns could technically say that if we didn't have this pandemic. I would argue he could get away saying that. But that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um... They don't understand what it means. Most fans from today's era of wrestling do not understand what drawing money technically means. They don't. Yeah, they they don't they don't separate the difference between drawing money and drawing tweets, I guess. Oh, um, you know, but and actually, you know, so I I I bring I see the chat room as people have been throwing it to me on Twitter and such. Uh, Kenny Omega actually uh, the the one impact was one of the lowest uh, impact uh, audience ratings. Uh, oh, that, wow. um, really? We have it on Wrestling Inc. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to find it in due time. But it's uh, the yeah. best thing on that damn show. What the hell is that about? It didn't. It didn't. Uh, <laughs> that didn't resonate apparently. I'll have to, I'll bring it up before this the show's over. I'll try to find the exact uh, stats. But um, all right, uh, after the match, or actually, me uh, backstage, we get uh, a little backstage of Marvez and uh, the entire Dark Order. John Silver's the one who's going to represent the Dark Order, and this is funny. John Silver is doing prep. How he's going to beat Darby Allen? All he has to do is avoid a coffin drop. So he has different guys in the Dark Order coffin drop towards him. He just moved like a crab side. To side. <laughs> he's entertaining as it gets. I love it. Uh, yes, Johnny Hungry, and I, I and we'll hopefully we might have more news by the time we get to it, but maybe a scary result for Johnny Hungry uh, and Silver in his main event match. All right, so we get Hangman Adam Page up against uh, Cesar Bonani. This was the kind of match it should be in terms of the traditional squash match. Um, Page gets the win here, uh, hits uh, hits his buckshot lariat, and uh, you know I, I thought again this is the, this is the match I would expect it to be, and Cesar Bonani, you know he's a, a bigger dude, and so this looks good for Page to beat him. I agree. Good use of Caesar as well for what it's worth. I don't like seeing big guys lose, especially young big guys. But um, uh, I'm, I was all for this. This was a very good match. Again, well constructed, well thought out. Whoever put this, whoever whoever the agent was that put this together deserves credit. 
Yeah, I love this. And Cesar is a very impressive looking dude because Hangman Adam Page is not a small guy. He's a thick, you know, very big guy. One of those guys who's, you don't have no idea how big he really is. And Cesar like dwarfed him in the ring. So to see Hangman just run wild on him and essentially squash him was very impressive. He still has some things. I watched him a little bit in that, oh, uh, what was their last pay-per-view when they had that battle royal? What was uh, it? Revolution? Revolution. Revolution. Do you remember that? He tagged, he was in the tag team battle royal thing wasn't he was this that revolution that casino tag battle yeah, royal yeah, yeah he yeah. was yes he was so there was a couple things he did that still showed me he's very green mm-hmm. um very small things but i could see when people are like how the hell wwe to make this guy into a stud or star well because they gave up on him too quick um he, he still has some ways to learn but he's got the look, and as long as you have that look, that door, no matter what company you're in, is always going to be cracked open. And I hope he's able to kick that door in and continue to improve. Uh, real quick to the Kenny Omega thing that I said. I found the uh, story. It was posted earlier today on Wrestling Inc. So t- uh, this past Tuesday's taped Impact episode, which featured the return of Omega, it was him with Eddie Edwards uh, versus Carl Anderson for the main event, drew 116,000 viewers on Access TV. That's the lowest viewership in 2021 for Impact Wrestling. Okay, really quick. Let's put in perspective. What's the average number on that show? Uh, what was the overall then? How about that? I, oh, I can see this week. The, the viewership is down 20% from the previous week. Uh, 100, they're 146 out of a 150 in the key demo. Um, because it was like 130,000 total like the, okay, that's not a big so, 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 so here you go. They did one hundred sixteen thousand this past week. Here's all the weeks prior. I'll give you just a couple. One four hundred forty six thousand the week prior to that. One forty four, one thirty four, one seventy, one ninety seven, one fifty three. Wow. Um, so you know and they it dropped were, to one sixteen. Yeah. Okay, that is pretty. I'll be honest, that is pretty significant. All right, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So anyway, what's the hell impact, fans? You spoiled brats. You had Kenny Omega. Also, they've really screwed up this whole Impact AEW invasion thing. I think Kenny Omega, I don't think it's fair to only blame Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega's appearance in Impact is predicated on this overarching storyline of AEW versus Impact. That means nothing now. I mean, two weeks in, we were bearing it about how they weren't following up on this correctly, and now there's really nothing behind this whole invasion angle. Yeah. uh, That's crazy to me. I agree. It's 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 the highest profile on 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 TNT in America. It's the highest profile uh, companies working with each other, having talent show up on and on Axis, having show up on TNT, and they they the magic of it is gone. What could have been, you know, it really seems <clears throat> like it's, it's gone for one reason or another. Can okay. I, hey, yep. hey, really quick, can I be honest though about one thing? If I'm Kenny, I know he's trying to help his boy Don Callis out. I'm saying, fuck that. I'm not going back to Impact. I'm not running that risk ever again to look like that and me be the one that eats the blame of having the lowest rated show of the year. I'm the one with everything to lose right now. What matters right now is I help AEW continue to climb that mountain and put, as you're, if you're the champion, you put that company on your back. That's the way it's supposed to be. And Kenny's a workhorse, and I'm sure he thinks the same way. And I just, if I'm him, I'm like, nope, I ain't taking any more risks. I'm not being on some D-rated show and then finding out that I couldn't not only increase the rating, but I lowered it. F that. That's going to hurt AEW's uh, uh, perception. Well, it goes back to the question that we were asking at the very beginning of all this, Matt, which was, what, what is AEW getting out of this? What, you know, what, you know, what is Tony Khan getting out of this? You know, it impacts, it impacts the one that benefits from it. 
I never understood it other than Don Callis working a magic deal out. And, and he's the one who got the most out of this. Yeah. Individually, uh, individually and for his company impact. Don Callis by far and away is the one that comes out smelling like roses in this entire exchange of all the talents from the Good Brothers to um, Private Party showing up on Impact and whatever talents cross over, dude, it's it's definitely Don Callis that by far and away become is the biggest star out of this angle. Nope. I mean, is there any like think about it? No. Oh, I, I wonder is he is he with Impact even long term or is he pivoting himself over to Team AEW? Not not storyline, but behind the scenes wise. Like, is, is he with I mean, Impact? His promos. He's generally the best promo. One of the best promos. Yeah, it does feel like he's headed to AEW long term. Yeah. Again, why else would Tony Khan give him this much airtime? Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so uh, after the Hangman Page uh, when we uh, uh, pre-tape promo from Lance Archer, he's basically talking about how Sting, you know, Sting and the Black Bat, he used to pay attention, he used to mean respect, um, but that's no more, and uh, people are going to remember his name. Uh, meaning uh, Lance Archer, and soon it will be showtime. Uh, here's a 499 Super Chat from our friend Jax Callens. Impact is on a channel many don't have, and on Twitch app, which many don't use or aren't familiar with. It's weird, in my opinion, what they're trying. Yes, yeah, it I, is. Yeah, but I don't get Jax, that. That still doesn't take away from the fact that they were doing these numbers, and then all of a sudden they dropped that much. So I agree. It's on a no-name network, on a no-name channel that I've never heard of. But – I'm just going off the numbers on what Justin just reeled off to us that the past week's ratings had been. And that is a significant drop. And I don't like admitting that. I Guys, I'm a, I'm a homer for AW on every damn segment, for crying out loud. I don't like saying anything negative about them. My friends own the, the company, for crying out loud. But it, it's the truth. It sucks. If I'm Kenny, I'm saying no more. Sorry, Don Callis. You can come on our show. I ain't coming on yours. No more. No way. Yeah. Uh, oh, another super chat I missed here. Let me. Okay, so that was Jack Collins. Uh, Joey Jordan, five dollars. It's not Kenny. Wrestling can't make new fans. It's down across the board. Most people don't have access. AEW fans don't care about watching Impact. Actually, I think it's kind of a fair take on it. Um, wrestling, sure. wrestling viewership as a whole is down. It's fewer people are watching wrestling now than they were twenty years Absolutely. ago. Absolutely, but again, we're talking about. I heard a bunch of one forty nines in there that you reeled that you reeled off just two minutes ago. I heard some 120s in there, some 130s. To drop to 116, guys, there's no way to look. There's no way to cut around this. That sucks. I don't blame Kenny for that. Um, I blame I blame Impact for not doing a good enough job of getting it out there. They rely heavily, like on their Instagram stuff, for for their marketing, and it's it's piss poor. It's it's minor league. And, and it is what it is. I, again, I don't want Kenny have anything to do with them anymore moving forward because I'm a Kenny Omega fan. I don't like this. Really. I've noticed with Impact Talent, too, that there, there must be some kind of memo or mandate. Impact Talent, if you follow enough of them, your timeline and order, they were they are all tweeting the same video clips. Of, and it doesn't have to be video clips yes. even, uh, that even involved in. They must be mandated or being told, we need you to help. They, they, they do. Sure. And, I'll, and I'll speak on that from when I was there. They did it, and this is when we're on Spike TV, a national known network, no less. But all of us would get emails and say, hey, make sure, you you know, if you guys can, can you please help us? Can you post this? And we, hell yeah, we're a team. Why wouldn't we? Um, but, yeah, that's, that's funny you picked up on that. But but they must um, be telling in exact times because, like, just for example, I follow, you know, Dion, yes. I follow Eric Young, 
And, uh, you know, I'm telling you, it's it's nothing to investigate, Justin. I'm telling you the answer is yes, yeah. they do. Yeah, it's all the same time. We see this across the board, too. In WWE, I mean, Asuka one time tweeted, and she left in the tweet, Asuka, can you please tweet this out for us? And then she tweeted what she was supposed to tweet. And she <laughs> no, she didn't. Yes, she did. No, you remember that? It was, it was like, I think like two years ago or something like that. I missed that. A couple people have done that. I think Kyrie Sane did the same thing um, where they just leave in the tweet. Like, we need you to tweet this at this time or whatever. <laughs> so I went back to Impact so my son can see me wrestle live, right? That was my intent. I was just going to be back for like a month and, and one, steal a pay-per-view versus I think it was Braum or somebody. Yeah, Braum. Anyways. They did a social media thing of like all the impact different superstars like that were working out in the gym that day. So they put like a post with me, who now is LA Knight, um, and one of the like the, the, the female talents, Zach Ryder's wife, working out in the gym. And I did the same thing. Matt, could you please post this? Josh Matthews sent it to me. And I accidentally did the same exact thing where I left it. I copy and pasted it. That was the best of us. Ugh. And Twitter like sucks because you can't edit tweets. Yeah. Yeah, they got to fix that. They really do. They really do. I agree. Just got to delete it and redo it. All right, uh, two Super Chats real quick before we get back going here. Bobby Burns, 499. College basketball had an impact on the numbers, plus Kenny was promoted for the show. I don't know. and I didn't know until I saw clips on Twitter. Bobby saying the uh, March Madness. Yeah, have- March Madness has had an impact. I mean, that is one of those things where it's one of the main events that's going on right now. Um, and the world is still mostly closed down. I mean, we're starting to open up. But March Madness has attracted a lot of attention away from wrestling. Uh, Zuka Enigma, 499. Off topic, but did you guys hear they're moving Raw and SmackDown to the Yingling Center in Tampa after Mania? Yeah, they, they, they lose Tropicana here shortly because the Rays got to get ready for baseball. So they're going to uh, set up the Thunderdome in the Yingling Center. I'd have to imagine this will be their last thunderdome reincarnation and then at some point uh here in 2021 they're gonna start all right let's move on with the show we're taking way too long there getting the super chats in all right (laughs) screw the super chats they're all making excuses for why this rating's down guys i'm a bigger kenny omega mark than all of you combined i I don't like saying it either i have explicit instructions from raj giri to read every super chat tell raj i got an instruction for him it's right here (laughs) <laughs> oh man, we're building the storyline. Here we go. WrestleMania season's coming early. You tell them. All right, uh, we see Thunder Rosa and her big uh, speech last week after the crazy match between her and Britt Baker. Britt then comes out. So good. I didn't get a chance to talk on that, and I won't, but that match was insanity. It's so good. I was going to say, you want us to keep it moving. You're going to go back seven days. <laughs> I'm prior. shutting up. I said I'm shutting up. Go. All right. Well, Britt comes out. Uh, she ha- uh, held, does uh, one of her best live promos ever. She talks about how. Thunder Rosa, you're talking about how you put people on the map. I just put you on the map. You, you thank me. You're part of history. Uh, AEW, the, you know, no, the letters are DMD. Uh, she was I wrote it in my own blood. Uh, she c- talks about Mick Foley saying thumbs up to the match. Mick, it took you 20 years to be a hardcore legend. I did it in one night. Uh, <laughs> you know, so she just firing shots all over the place. So Britt Baker uh, uh, calling her shot. Good follow-up. Amazing follow-up. Superstar, like, the next level type of follow-up. This was awesome. This is like pound for pound, just economy of words. This might have been the promo of the year for me because there was not one wasted motion. Every line that came out of her mouth was a bar. She had that line about Tony Khan. You're signing all these legends. You've got the biggest legend in wrestling right under your nose. Like, this was – there was no – let me tell you something. The fact of the matter is every word that came out of her mouth meant something. And I thought this was an incredible promo. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Um Backstage, we get uh, we see Christian. He's interrupted by Frankie Kazarian. But basically, Frankie's like, you know, uh, it's been a long time since you've been out. You know, why don't you, you know, basically challenging Christian. Christian says, you know, I, my work starts next week. 
And, uh, you're, you know, if you don't have an opponent, how about it be you? So next Wednesday, we are going to see the uh, entering debut of Christian Cage in AEW up against Frankie Kazarian. Uh, Matt, I know you know both of these guys pretty well. What do you like? What do you think about this? Very cool. Um, a favorite of Frank. Um, obviously, they're friends. Um, Frankie's an amazing talent. The, the guy never ages. Holy crap. Um, this match will be great. That is my prediction. This match will be a classic. The psychology in it will be absolutely perfect. Um, but with the AEW fan, I, I don't know if they'll appreciate it as much. I'm just being serious. I know they, the average AEW fan really enjoys, like I do, the high-paced athleticism and, and um, fifth-gear type of offense and the innovative offense that is I expect out of most AEW matches. That's why I watch it. That's why I like it. Um, but if you want a good old school psycho uh, psychologically making sense style of match where a body part has actually worked the entire match and they change gears throughout the match and build throughout the heat for the match, it's going to be a great match. Yeah, good showcase for Christian. I'm not all the way sold on Christian yet in AEW, but uh, hopefully this match will turn me around. I can't, I can't believe I'm saying that, though. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I, I know what you're saying. Um, even when he came back to WWE, like he was doing like – he had great matches versus Orton and a great series and stuff. But, like, it, it, go back and watch. It's like I love Jay to death, but he's like doing – he's doing like sunset flips off the second rope. And like things like that, that in my opinion, an AEW crowd is not going to get into. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to all those, that point, Matt. You know, I mean, Tony Khan spoke about how Christian's one of his famous favorite wrestlers and workers ever. Like, I, I will be interested to see. Like, does he does he hold up in the AEW environment? Do they buy into his to what he does, or does does he flip the script and change his style? I don't, you know, I don't know. He ain't going to be running through doing you know uh, type whatever the hell it's called dives through the second rope and stuff like that anytime soon. No. He's going to try to – and why I like him in this company, though, because I like him being backstage with those talents, and he's always, always sharing ideas. Even if you don't ask, he's very cool. He'll come up to you and say, hey, you might want to try this next time. Here's, here's my two cents. You might want to – and to get some of these guys to slow down that really need it, I don't mean their style either, just their pacing. Uh, so letting some of their moves breathe a little bit more and actually get more over in the process when they do that is vital and i would sign jay just because of that yeah no so he certainly he is, he is one of the uh one of the nicest guys and best hearted guys that's in the business god yeah oh my god yeah, yeah. such a funny as hell funny as hell uh all right so up, up next we get a uh six-man tag match with the varsity blondes of dante martin up against ftr and sean spears this is the first time we're seeing uh the new group the pinnacle having some kind of in-ring action all of them are out there tully wardlow mjf at ringside uh, they cut a little promo. They each take a take a minute to get their sound bite in. Uh, and then we get a match here. Uh, a little again, a little more competitive than you would think it would be. It, it, you know, you'd think that this would be again be more of a squash, but they they give some stuff here to uh, Varsity Blondes and Dante. Ultimately, though, at the end of the time, uh, Sean Spears he actually tags in. He gets the uh, they call it the pop up C four, and he gets the pinfall. Uh, Sean Spears does here for the group. So, um, yeah, very nice. important. This was very important that he got that win. Very important because Sean Spears is the one that's so far being labeled the weakest of the group, which I think is ridiculous. But to be but to be fair to those that do say that, I could see their point a little bit. Not hedging my bet here, but 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 because I, I do see it a little bit because of how they he's been booked. 
Some people are like, oh, he's been given this opportunity and that opportunity. Like, he's been given crap opportunity. They put a freaking coal miner glove on the fucking kid. Are you kidding me? Come on. That's yeah. God. That's God awful. Um, <laughs> so I was happy to see him get this win. I thought it was very important um, because he, I do feel, is still a stud waiting to happen, a star. Big, big, much bigger star than he currently is waiting to happen if he gets booked properly. So I'm hoping he gets over with this group. This group is just wow. Wow, is this an impressive group? And it's awesome that MJF has his own group and has his own stable. Yeah, actually, I got ahead of myself. The promos actually came after the fact, after the match, where they each did some sound bites. Uh, of course, uh, most notable MJF making note of how we haven't seen Chris Jericho, haven't heard from them since. I'm making a fat joke about Jericho. Uh, so it's going to come on out right now. Oh, you're not going to because you're terrified. You won't be out. Um, so again, just, uh, you know, good, good, good on AEW for let's, you know, milk it. Don't rush it. Let, let Jericho and company stay away. And then when they come, when they do pop back up, it's going to be uh, that much more of a big deal as we build towards, you know, like a war games type situation here between these two super factions. Uh, Jax Callens, 299. So Christian would be cool with like Paige, et cetera, in my opinion. Yeah, right now. Yeah. There's a lot of good matches to be had for Christian, certainly. I, just, I think the rollout has yeah. been kind of botched. Uh, yes, I agree with that. But, like, Christian in a matchup versus Adam Page could be really good, actually. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of fresh matchups. A lot of fresh original situations for Christian to have here. And, and in my head, I'm only thinking about the other talent. And how What will it mean to the other talent? Who can really use it and, and, and still stick within Jay's um, – wheelhouse of how he wrestles a match and i think adam page can really use that the most quite frankly because adam page doesn't do all that shit he doesn't do that flip flop fly shit he can he puts it at the right times of his match if you watch he hits that nasty looking moonsault off the top to the outside every once in a while he doesn't hit every match um so like he's a perfect one for him actually Corey Trench, $2. Matt is the stone-cold tweener to Raj's Vince McMahon. <laughs> I did, in a group text, refer to Raj today as the Mr. McMahon person. Yes, 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 he did. He did. I can attest to that. And Raj did not directly actually even respond to that text. <laughs> you guys did. We all saw it. Oh, boy. Um, all right, keeping going here. Uh, a couple promos, Taz, and a pre-tape. He's back. He's with uh, his his whole group. Of course, the the uh, gimmick going into this is we last saw Brian Cage, who is starting to drift from the group. He's he's marking out for Sting the week prior. Taz says we're all good. Everybody's fine. Brian Cage is fine. We're all good. Cage kind of the whole time rolling his eyes, not so sure. So obviously, we're continuing that. Brian Cage not long for the uh, Team Taz world. Yeah. Uh, we love also think love yeah. that. Sorry, just want to say I love it. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Nope. My 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 masses we haven't got to talk about it. My my I think I made a prediction last week. Is my prediction is Lance Archer is a big man who's starting to take issue with Sting. Brian Cage is a big man who all of a sudden is taking up, you know, his fandom for Sting. I think Brian Cage ends up becoming like kind of like Sting's. Yeah, I think if Brian Cage is a stand up for Sting, we could see a, an Archer Brian Cage match uh, is where we might be Which building here. It's actually really good booking. It, it actually works. Um, yeah. I, the only thing I hate about this is one of them have to then lose. That's when you kind of book yourselves into a corner here if you're AEW. You have two big studs that you've been good to, but then you've been bad to. Started to be good to again, but then was bad to with how you booked them and lost, had them lose. Um, I, I just, hmm, 
Brian Cage has to win. I, and, and I don't say that easily. Lance Archer they, is a monster. So, I mean, ugh, it's tough. Yeah, if they do feud, hopefully the match is for that FTW title because they don't do anything with that title. And, I mean, he's carrying huh. around all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He at the very least have this be on the line. If, otherwise, just some big goof carrying around the title. Like, no, well, well, what, 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 what's a, I'm an ECW fan, but what, what does that title mean? What is Exactly. Title? Nothing in AEW. I mean, it can mean well, whatever they want it to. Won't Taz, though, conniption, though, a little hissy fit and take it back because it's his title? I can see that. That'd be, that'd be so funny. That'd be very petty of Taz to do. Yes. Yeah, the, FTW, yeah, the FTW title was the million-dollar man title. You didn't, nobody you, nobody yes. earned it. You just created it. I, absolutely. Listen, I'm not, I, don't, I completely agree that it is, but they don't have to let it just be some prop. And I don't think a guy like Brian Cage should be carrying on. That million-dollar title gimmick is like a comedy thing. It's something that like some lower card underneath guy should do. If, if you have right. a title like that on a guy as talented as Brian Cage, yeah. you can defend it. If your title is getting comparisons to a title that Virgil once won, right. I think we should probably all just just slow down a little bit. There's still some hope for this title, I'm telling you. FTW title in 1999? Yes. In the heat of ECW? Yes. <laughs> 2021? Then why give it to? Why even bring this title out? Then get rid of it. Honestly, if you, I don't know why Brian Cage should be the one. If this was Ricky Starks in this title, as much as I love Ricky Starks, I think he could right. do more with making this title a funny kind of thing. Me I've too. always said, you know, I don't care who's with me on this, but I think they should just make that like an unofficial monsters title, and all these super big guys they have who feud and they don't do anything with should fight over that title, and they can do things for this title. Tash should just kept that title in the closet until his son is ready to until. Can yeah. I just say that's not a terrible idea, dude? I think big it's big guy, like a big guy's title like that. Yes. I like that. You have to be like 250 pounds or more to compete. You know, uh, they can call uh, me up, Tony. Tony, call me. You have my number. I'll walk you through this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good idea. All right. Uh, in the next promo, we get to, this one's live on the stage. This is a QT Marshall on the stage with Tony. Basically, he's, he, QT Marshall's talking about how, yeah, you know, he, you know, he, basically the whole song of. I'm here because of Cody, and I and yeah, I'm here because of Cody and the opportunity. Not everything I do and accomplish, it's always the asterisk of Cody's friend. And then yeah, I gotta get Cody's coffee, make sure it's hot enough. And then yeah, he gets to, Cody gets to go home to the hotel. But we meanwhile, <laughs> I'm working all night, and blah 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 blah. Cody comes out. He he plays the whole. Uh, he's he's been producing the show. Takes the headset off. He's in a sling, mind you. He's selling the arm finish from uh, Penta from the week yes. earlier. Nice little touch. And this yep. is this is something new. So next week, they're going to have an exhibition. If you're asking what is an exhibition in pro wrestling, as Cody explains it, they're going to have like a match, but it's just going to be like getting into the hole. As Cody explains, I'm going to get you in for crossroads, but I'm not going to hit it on you. I'm going to get you in the spot, but I'm not going to do like, I'm not going to follow through and give you the impact. It's basically going to be to show you, to, to, to compare and see how good they are. Matt, did you follow along with this? And do you like this idea? It's different. I'll say that, but do you like it? I'm, I'm usually a fan of anything different. Uh, of, of companies attempting something new and I wait to reserve my judgment after it's been executed. So I don't want to crap on it. I don't want to praise it either until I watch it. But um, it makes sense as to why you would put somebody in your finisher, but not really go through with it. If it's an exhibition, because that's your friend right. who you're trying to teach a lesson to. So psychologically speaking, I understood Cody and what he was saying. So I'm interested to see how it plays off. I'm all in on this. I'm very intrigued to see how this is going to come off. And I just really love QT Marshall. I think he's – nobody's done more with less than QT Marshall. He's just a real dude. I mean, he's not out kicking his coverage. He's just telling his story. We saw his wife. 
And I'm really getting into this character as just a guy who's starting to get fed up with being the help. Well, yeah. I will go on record as saying I'm very proud of myself because QT Marshall is how you say it, um, but they never say it correctly on that show. Um, QT Marshall, as it were, as Glenn would say, came to TNA Impact and had his robe and it had his gimmick ready and uh, the company didn't do nothing with him. And I'm very proud of myself to go to a Dixie Carter and said, that guy is somebody that we could use on this show because he can work with everybody. He understands how to make other talents get over while still getting himself over, which at the time I made the argument, Bobby Roode, James Storm, um, we had a few, AJ Styles, we had a few of them that could do that. But, but, but the way he does it was psychologically driven in his storytelling and his matches. We had just lost Christian, as I recall, and I was like, he's kind of like him in that regard. Um, he, he puts the match. Anyways, I put him over, and nobody even knew who he was yet. So, QT Marshall, I tried. Yeah, and he's been, you know, he's been a trainer, What's and that? a lot of talents have, have been filtering into AEW that are from so him. good. Uh, he is so I, freaking underrated. I'll say this: I, I was a little thrown off, you know, but I, I the more I think about it, I think this is going to be a nice situation because what I'm my prediction, my my fantasy booking is they're under the guise of this exhibition of, of just getting caught in the holds. And obviously QT plays along for a little bit. And then he, and then at some point he Absolutely. just, yes. just stab him in the back. Yeah. Lays the boots to Cody and busts him open. Yeah. Um, one thing I'd say though, is, is like a lot of times AEW gets a lot of heat for, uh, can you hear me? Okay, Justin. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, they get a lot of heat because, you know, uh, and I've heard Corny, I love Corny, but you've heard him on his podcast saying that it's the friends-only wrestling company or whatever he makes fun of him calling it. Um, but QT Marshall is an example of a friend that's actually really talented and can go. And P.S. is training half the damn roster uh, on the side. Like, yeah, he's incredibly valuable to that company. Well, and he alluded to, he's doing a lot of the middle management office grunt work. Of yes, day to day to day. So, you know. which is a pain in the ass. That's not fun. He had this line that was kind of innocuous, but I guarantee you it connects with a lot of people. He said, "When they go home, I have to stay here all night and work." And I guarantee you, there are people who are just nine to five everyday blue collar workers who watch that and they're just like, "Yeah, I'm with this guy. Like, good for him." Yeah. Right. So that's uh, something to look forward to for next week. We'll see. And, and Arn Anderson will be the uh, the official, the referee for that. Uh, that deal. Okay, uh, another six-man tag here, the Lucha Brothers and the Laredo Kid up against the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. High-flying, innovative offense, as you always are going to see with these these participants. There's no, there's no way around that. Um, ultimately, though, the, 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 real, the real business is what happens after the fact here. Um, we get a Spanish fly. Uh, Laredo Kid gets a Spanish fly off the top rope, uh, pins Cutler for the win. So Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid get the win. Post-match, though, here comes Kenny Omega. He attacks Laredo Kid. He's trying to attack them and everything. He's trying to support the Young Bucks, who obviously just lost. Um, he gets on the mic. The Young Bucks, not sure. You know, again, more uh, conflict here with uh, Callis and Omega. Kenny proceeds to cut a promo. Never says the other two companies' names, but basically he says the story of look three years ago. He's he, he's alluding to when we're all in New Japan. I had the you know I could have stayed there. I could have stayed at what, what he calls his home where he was loved. Uh, but no, I left. And then, oh, yeah, I could have gone to New York, obviously referring to WWE. But no, I decided to, to bet on my family to be with you guys. I, I pick you guys, but you guys don't even pick me. You pick up Brandon Cutler, um, you, know, all, you know, all this stuff. He said, I'm going to give you one more chance. 
and he throws up the two sweet sign. Of course, they uh, rejected that last week, and they he says, "I'm giving you one more chance." They rejected again this week. Um, they 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 the the Bucks leave, and then all of a sudden we see Penta and Phoenix. They come, they they hit from behind. They start attacking Omega. Then the Good Brothers eventually come out uh, just a little bit too late. <laughs> um, so, uh, Matt, what'd you make of this? I mean, do you or, you know do you like this? Do you like the soap opera that they've been doing here with with? With the Bucks. I'll be honest, and, and, and I, the love and the death are good friends of mine, uh, the Bucks. I, I don't mean that the name jump. I mean it because I don't like saying this. It sucks, but they're not they're not good when it comes to acting. They're just not. Like, their reactions, even last week, I thought were not very, very believable either. Uh, with not putting up the two sweet sign and whatnot, they, they overact a little bit. Um. I don't know, and it takes me out of it every single time. I, I like Kenny Omega's promo. I thought it was a perfect combination of whiny and heelish to oh, where he was he was good here. Yeah. I mean, I love that point he made that I didn't choose AEW. Like I wanted to hang out with you guys, and then he goes heel by saying, But you didn't want to hang out with me and he gets so I thought it was a really good way of trying to explain like what they called later in the night a melodrama between the young bucks and Kenny Omega. Yeah. Um you know, Matt, you said the bad, I, bad acting. I was wondering, like, do the Bucks even believe in the storyline? We all know that these guys are still EVPs of this company. Like, do they even buy into this? Uh, you know? Yeah, that's know. Good, that could be a good point. Who knows? Yeah. You know, and, and to, again, we, we, we the Good Brothers are there. You know, like both those guys. But, like, again, this whole invasion thing has really fallen by the way. You know, they, 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 now, they're, now they're just running out there as if they're just part of the AEW locker room. At, yeah. at first it was like they invaded like they were Hall and Nash. Now they're just there. That's an indictment on the storyline. I don't even think about the I didn't even think about the invasion aspect to you guys sort of talking about the ratings this past week. Like I don't even think of the Good Brothers in terms of being uh, part of impact and invading AEW. They're just like glorified mm-hmm. AEW guys. So I agree with that. Me too. Um <clears throat> do you guys watch Being the Elite at all? Have you watched it lately? Yeah, yeah. I didn't so see this you, week's, but I watch it. So like dude, what the Good Brothers, especially Gallows, is capable of doing is hilarious. With what their promos are, they cut on that show on BTE about catching a cut, a cut catching a cuz, um, and, and Anderson telling him he's like, "We lost the tag titles because you're always tired. Why are you always so damn tired? Because you're always catching cuzzes." Um, <laughs> and it's like an acknowledgement that if you guys don't know that Luke Gallows is uh, he masturbates too much, so therefore he's too tired. It's the funniest stuff, guys. I just completely ruined it and buried it. I didn't give it anywhere near enough comedy that it really is it's comedy gold you guys have got to watch it and i wish they could do things like that on this show because it's hilarious especially when the bucks have to be in the segment when these are these are really good christian christian guys like they don't talk like that in real life so it's hilarious to watch and Gallows, stipul- he's a, sorry, he's a, I, was, I was gonna ask if there's yeah. a stipulation that he couldn't yes. catch cuz for a week isn't that what that's yes. what i saw so. Anderson, you're absolutely right. Great call. Machine Gun, uh, Machine Gun Anderson uh, says that if Luke Gallows ha- does it one more time, does it at least one time in the week, that's it. They're done. They're breaking up forever. It's pretty funny. I think we all have a good collection of Gallows stories we could tell one day or maybe not tell. He's so good. God, he is so funny. Uh, four ninety nine Jackson Collins. How do you feel about Booker T saying AEW is going the direction WCW went in a bad way? Uh, I I did see those comments. I don't think Book has. I mean, no disrespect to him, but I don't think he's 
got a current feel for what fans today, right now in today's wrestling, he hasn't acknowledged yet that we don't have the fans as much anymore that watch wrestling for what I was telling you guys about earlier. The psychology breakdown of a match. The fans aren't sitting there watching it and go, holy crap, look at him work that hold. Wow, look at Randy Orton's chin lock. That's amazing. He's not just resting it. He's working it. That's impressive. Or wow, look at him. Look at that baby face sell their arm. He's doing such a great job selling that. Wrestling fans today, are, it's like, like NBA. You have centers now that are shooting the freaking ball from three-point land, bringing the ball up to court. It's evolved. So is pro wrestling. It's much more fast-paced. It's much more athletic. You don't have to be some big steroided-up monster anymore in order to get a job and get an opportunity. You have to be able to work. you got to be able to go. you got to be athletic. It's a different day and age. And I don't think Booker, from, from listening to his show sometimes, I like Book, but I don't think he's right on this whatsoever. Well, not well, even in the ballpark. I think he, he's not even in the ballpark on that comment. Well, in your comments you just made there, Matt, that, that's that, that's very apparent by the main event we're going to get from AEW tonight in terms of size. But to, but uh, but what Book is saying here, if I understand it, if I I, I heard the clip, what he's saying is that a what AEW is doing is the 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 Christians, the Stings, it, signing it, the older talents. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but we've only signed some of them. They they they've not done what like Impact did. And, and at the end of the day, you still have to book a good show. You still have to promote a good show, even with those talents. TNA had everything. We had Hulk freaking Hogan. Are you kidding me? It's, it's the Messiah of professional wrestling, the Babe Ruth. There is no bigger name. And are you kidding me? We, we couldn't get past a 1-4? Like, uh, it, it's up, sometimes, guys, it's on the damn company, you know, uh, what to do with those talents. And I think AEW will so far – Look how they booked Sting. Sting's not out there jobbing everybody out. Big Show's not out there jobbing everybody out. Christian is not out there jobbing everybody out. Their young stars are still running the roost there, as it should be. Kenny, Kenny Omega's our champion. Young Bucks, tag champion. These are the current wrestlers that fit today's style that are on top. And, and it's not WWE talents that are coming in and stealing these top spots. So that's the big difference right there. Yeah, and I will say I agree and disagree with Booker T. I think AEW is absolutely going the way of WCW, but in a good way in that they yes. are following the 90s WCW Nitro model. Almost unapologetically, Dynamite and Nitro have parallels. They use Bash at the Beach. A lot of WCW callbacks on AEW, and they're doing everything that WCW did right at first. Now, there is <laughs> an ugly side yes. of this. Chris Jericho is your world champion in 2026. Yeah, then they're going the bad way of WCW. Right. But you can already see the young guys that they're starting to bring up and who are going to overtake these older talents five years from they, now. We'll be able to see that they, in five years. They, they, they already have, in my opinion. Those top two, those guys are not in top spots. They're not. They're there to do what they did at TNA, which is to be able to go to networks, if it doesn't work out for TNT one day, and say, hey, we have a pro wrestling company. Oh, really? I've never heard of any of these guys. Well, you've heard of Sting. You've heard of the big show. You know, th that's why you have them there, to always have his leverage um, for marketing purposes, for trading card purposes, for video game uh, 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 purposes, and, and so on and so forth. That's why you have them there. And until uh, uh, Sting is their champion, Big Show is their champion, and so on and so forth, it's not the way WCW did it, where WCW and TNA especially would bring in WWE talents and immediately have them job out Bobby Roode, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, like on day one, right? Yeah. That's not what they're doing here. 
So I, I, I completely disagree with him. Well, well, in, a, in, in, in AEW's defense, you know, obviously, you know, Matt Hardy and all the other names that we just named, all these guys that have come over to AEW. Supporting AEW, roles. Well, and AEW hasn't got to show, hey, here's how valuable they are for us selling tickets, us doing meet and greets, us getting on the morning show in each city. Once they get back to touring each week, that'll be very interesting to see how that helps them. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's send Sting and Darby. Let's send Jericho and MJF. Let's send you know Matt Hardy and Private Party. Let's send the veteran, and then let's send somebody who, who we're but establishing. That, but, but as far as the show itself, which is all we have right now, to gauge any success or failure on by their rating, um, they're doing it right. They're using those upper echelon talents that were up echelon in other companies the right way with their company, in my opinion. All right, a few super chats, and we got the final twenty minutes here uh, of the show uh, of of, of Dynamite's minutes. show. Stephen Marcachilli, two ninety nine, uh, two from AEW's roster. Vince would see money in Kenny Omega, and I'll throw the Young Bucks three talents for you. Brian Cage probably would be his first choice, though. Yeah, I was gonna. That's the first thing that came to my mind was Brian Cage and Hangman Adam Page, actually. I wanted to say Archer, but Archer was already there once upon a time. Matt, do you really believe that Vince that Vince would utilize Kenny Omega? Knowing Vince, and you've worked for Vince. In a Daniel Bryan type of way. I, I, you know what? Maybe I'm giving him too much credit. Yeah, you, you're probably right. No, I think it'd be like AJ Styles. I think at worst case scenario, Vince might uh-huh. look at Kenny Omega and be like, oh, this guy, I will see what this guy does. And then, you know, as he sees how good Kenny Omega is, I think Kenny Omega would be like an AJ Styles type in WWE. AJ Styles has something different about him, though, when he wrestles than Kenny does. It has nothing to do with who's better in the ring, by the way. Sure. There's something about AJ Styles when he wrestles that sucks you in. It just does. He has that unexplainable it factor, but on the wrestling end of it, before he developed his character and his promos with WWE, like just watching him in the ring is everything he does. is just my opinion different. And it sucks me in as the viewer a little bit more than Kenny can, but, it's like, it's like a physical charisma, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. Bret Hart had that same thing. AJ reminds yes. me of Bret Hart in that way. You're there you right. go. Yeah. That's yeah. a great analogy, actually. Yes. I don't know, Vince, but based upon what we know of him, I would say he'd he see money. Big guys, yes. I would say he'd see money in MJF because of, 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 the, of the good oh looks. Oh, my God. How do I not say MJF? Yes. Of the, of the good looks and the, and, the, and, the, and the craft on the stick. And I think he'd see it in Wardlow. And here's a guy who's got a body, and he looks like a million, yes. bucks, million bucks model in the face. Yes, to Wardlow as well. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think we have one more super chat. I don't hope I didn't miss it. Sorry. We're trying to get it going here. Uh, here we go. Uh, 999, Nelly, 1994. How do you guys feel about Mania going on for two nights? Is it too much or does it feel right? No, I think it's good. I think it worked last year and I'm excited for it this year. Yeah, this is a good way to keep WWE from doing these marathon shows because, I mean, Justin, we've gone to WrestleManias and seen each other and stuff like that, and they're just – that six-hour, seven-hour WrestleMania show is just such a non-starter for me. True, true story. Mania 29 in New York, New Jersey. Alfred and I were working for a different – a very a media company tied in with AEW, actually. We were working for that company. We had to do, like, a post-college game day show outside of that stadium after – it was live – after mania and we were out there after midnight it was hard to get transportation home it was yeah. a bitch and like I mean, th- this two night thing i think is here to stay i think mania two nights is here to stay i hope so i, I really it. do 
Me too. And that's a fun event. Like as a, like, I can't wait when they open up to go to a two night WrestleMania where you're just kind of there all weekend and it's like a festival. It is, and also you get to steal a second main event WrestleMania match out of it. Yeah. You get to steal two WrestleMania moments. Yeah, uh, Alfred. I don't know if Raj allows us to say the name of the company, but people can figure it. All right, <laughs> they, can, they, they can Google. All right, we get a Jade Cargo promo. Uh, she pre taped. She's looking. She's looking badass. It looks like her and yeah. Red Velvet. That's not done. So. Oh, uh, that's another talent Vince would would eat up. In oh, a minute. you know what? I'm putting her at number one. Jade is right. Seriously. You know what I'm kind of surprised about? Yes. You know what I'm kind of surprised about is uh, so so cheap plug. I do busted open radio every Friday morning with Mark Henry and Dave Greco, and Mark Henry's talked about how you know uh, he he knows of Jade and he, and he kind of like had like a hand in Jade starting to get trained, and uh, I'm kind of surprised that like Mark didn't like because he's a very he's a company guy he's a WWE guy and I'm kind of surprised that Jade didn't end up in WWE after hearing what he has publicly stated of uh, his involvement early in her early on time. more importantly do you plug our podcast when you're on their uh, radio there <laughs> i plugged raj's exclusive on andrade on on the way out i i i'm, Are you I'm kidding me nobody I'm, cares about that what about our podcast that i'm on i do that too i actually talked about before how I'm on a podcast. I've name-dropped you, Matt Morgan. You would text me and say thank you, but you're not listening on Friday morning. So that's just, <laughs> I don't listen to the radio in my defense. It's Sirius XM. You can listen to it in your car. You can listen on the app at, at no, any point. Dude, any point. I, I, I'm always in a conversation. I swear to you. My it's a good show. I listen every Friday. Every Friday I'm on it. If you can listen I love live. Dave LaGreca. I used to listen when I had time to, I swear. You can listen live at 10 a.m. Eastern, or you go on the app on demand and listen at any time. I'm on the start of hour number two. Every week, Dave LaGreca, Mark Henry, Justin Labar. It's spar with Labar every single week. Every I week. want – look at you. I demand a similar plug just as long, <laughs> and I want their superstars on their podcast to talk about us the way you just did them. Jax Collins, four ninety nine. Lost one. Sorry, boys. Thanks for the great podcast. My only word is AEW is overcrowded, signing so many talents, signing to a company, and growing. Well, they are expanding their programming, so hopefully uh, – yeah. All right, here we go. Final two matches. Uh this was this ties with the uh uh LA Knight losing. Nyla Rose loses to Ty Conti. Okay. I would normally hate this. I don't think Nyla Rose should ever lose a match ever. I'm just a big fan of her just being a freaking just monster bleep kicking heel. But with that said, Ty Conti has a lot of potential. I like her a lot. Um, I like her in that group. Um, Dark Order. I'm really interested, though. Do you think they would have pulled the trigger on her if uh, What's-Her-Name wasn't hurt? Because I have a feeling this was reserved. This spot and this match, even, I would argue. Feels like this was reserved for What's-Her-Name before she got hurt. From the Dark Order. Oh, Anna Jane? Yes. Yeah. I could see that. I mean... Yeah, I mean, Ty is she has improved in, in, in right, right. Yeah. Uh, like I, I should note because here's where the business and it's going to come back and play in a minute. The post match business is um, after the match, uh, uh, Vicky and and and, and Nia, they're trying to beat up, they're trying to uh, beat up Ty. Um, here comes uh, Hikaru Shida, she hits a kendo stick on a rose, then the bunny comes out. The bunny, of course, part of Matt Hardy's new uh, group, bunny comes out, she gets in on it. And so we kind of have this, you know, we kind of have, you know, some, some, some depth happening here with the women's. And again, it's going to revisit again in the next main event segment as well. So, right, yeah, I, I hate seeing Nyla Rose lose. I just, I, especially clean to Ty Conti. Ty Conti was great in this match, but I mean, they could do better. And I thought she should have won that tournament. So, 
I wasn't a fan of her losing, but, you know, whatever. All right, yeah. we get a, a hype package for next week. <laughs> Matt, I know you're excited. Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor versus Miro and Kip Sabian in an arcade anarchy match. You fuck. Are you effing kidding me? Get, like, seriously. I didn't, I didn't book this. Miro, you are a star. You are a main event star, brother. Act like one. Uh, it's not having an ego to go to the company and say, guys, this does not work for me, brother. <laughs> You've got to do it sometimes because, again, it's not being selfish. You're improving your company if you are being put into bigger situations, bigger matches with bigger stipulations versus bigger talent because you're a main event talent, Miro. You just don't know it yet. You are. There are there is a light at the end of the tunnel here because the story that they're kind of telling is that Miro is over this. Like he even said, "Oh yeah, he's like they're Kip, going." This is the match that you wanted, Kip. And then last week, Kip was the one who accepted the challenge after Miro said that he's done with this. So I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, Miro, I expect to completely destroy Kip Sabian. Maybe before this match even ends, maybe after the match after Kip takes a loss. So we're on the verge of hopefully Miro washing his hands of all this because I do agree, Matt, that this is just to see him around all these video games and stuff like that. It's just it's really off-putting. Yeah, to be to be mismanaged as much as he was in WWE, and then to say, "Oh, his WWE booking looks better than this," and, and and this is where you supposedly have more control of your own destiny in AEW. That's why I'm telling him to get greedy, and it's not him being greedy by being greedy. It's what's so oxymoronic about that statement, you guys. If you're a main event star, you've got to treat yourself that way, then the company will treat you that way. And once the company treats you that way, that's when you'll make some real money. And you'll help that company in a much bigger way than being stuck in this mid-card crap. Absolutely. All right, main event. Here we go. TNT champion Darby Allen, of course, the whole gimmick here is he's only had four title defenses since he won it in November. He wants to be more of a fighting champion. Yep. He, wants to, he wants to honor the great TNT champion and Brody Lee, so he offers anyone in the Dark Order, come on and uh, challenge us. we got a babyface, babyface situation. John Silver's the one who's going to come out to do it. Uh, John Silver is just kicking ass. Darby is bumping like a MFR in this yep. uh, in the first opening, especially the one bump he takes. He goes through the bottom rope, and, and Jim Ross is screaming. This is a car crash. I mean, it looked pretty scary. They fight on the outside. Dark Order, again, they're baby faces, but they are trying to be there in numbers of support, even some of them taking some of the bumps for Silver. At one point, Silver uh, gets launched over the barricade, and I, I bring this piece up because – it looked like Silver legitimately hurt his shoulder or his arm. It's his right one. They don't normally sell the right one, and it just looked brutal uh, anyways. Right. Um, so I, I think so, – first off, I think John Silver, tough, tough, tough ass here. I think he worked the rest of this match hurt legitimately. Mm. Uh, Dark Order, again, they're trying to help out. Sting comes out, and they all respect Sting's authority, so they all back up, stay away from the ring, and now Sting's out there to back up Darby. Again, more John Silver offense as best as he can give it. Uh, Darby again doing some crazy bumps. Ultimately, though, after some false finishes, actually a few that made me believe that maybe they're actually going to pull the trigger on John Silver. So good on them for doing that. Finally, yes. Silver climbs up. Uh, he nails a leap F five slow to the cover. Darby's Allen. Uh, Darby's foot's on the rope in the cover, so that breaks that up. And then Silver hits a power bomb, but Allen flips over for the code red one two three. Darby with a pinfall. Darby and Sting acknowledge John Silver, give them uh, give a sign of respect. But then here comes all uh, get out. Uh, here comes Ty Conti. She runs out, attacks the bunny. Or excuse me, Matt Hardy and the bunny and the group come from ringside. They start attacking uh, everybody. Bunny comes out and Ty Conti come out. They get into that. 
it just turns that into a whole, just a complete schmoz of all the baby faces and heels and the, the different factions that are, that are so, fighting here. All right, great. So listen, that was, what the hell's wrong with my camera tonight? I'm so sorry. Um, this was good, and this made John Silver. This is another example of, I tell fans, you can lose a match and still get over. And it's very imperative on how you get there. And they did that tonight. Um, th again, another example of why you sign a sting to give the sign and seal of approval to an up-and-coming John Silver. That's exactly why you sign a sting. He's not eating up main event uh, uh, um, real estate. He doesn't have a championship title that he's eating up. He's not pinning people with his foot on their chest in three seconds. Okay, He's giving acknowledgement to an up-and-coming baby face. That's as good as it gets if you're going to lose and get the rub and get over. So I'm very excited for John Silver with this, actually. Yeah, and it did wonders for that TNT title that they haven't defended in a while. And, oh, I mean, yeah. It's great to see a match like that in the main event for the TNT title. I mean, we were just talking last week about how they protect their titles to that event, and that's an example of this, is them having a match like this and building it up in a main event one week out. So I really like this, and it's it, great win for Darby. But I really, by the end of this, even though I expected Darby to win, I was like, man, John Silver should have won that match. I really did think so. And, you know, look, these two guys, again, Darby's bumping like crazy. Silver's probably working hurt. Um, I thought they were very impressive. I will be very interested, though, to watch and see how the ratings come in because, you know, you are taking a chance here. You got two guys. They put the smallest referee they have in there. Thank God they did because you got two guys who are both five foot five, five foot six. Um, they don't explode on the screen visually when you just look at them in a tail, in a tail yes. of the tape. You see the bumps and you're like, okay. But if you're flicking channels, I, I'll be very interested to see. Jim Ross said on the commentary, he gets more questions about Darby Allen than anybody else on his podcast. That was a good little, um, whether that's a real, whether it's a shoot or whether that was a, a, a work, that was a good little that's thing, to, a nugget to say. But uh, nonetheless, I'll be very interested to see, can AEW taking a chance on these two small, unorthodox guys, can that so, do a, a main event number? Regardless, I, this proves my point earlier about Booker and not just Booker, a lot of other people that, that were wrestlers like myself. Uh, from a different era, so to speak. Not that I wrestled that long ago. I retired in 14. But, like, it, it was a much different business then. It just was. And I tonight's main event is exactly where this business is at right now. It is about young, exciting, athletic as hell talents that do have charisma, that do have larger-than-life characters. Say what you want. John Silver is a walking one-man band when it comes to charisma and entertainment value. Um, and Darby Allen, what a gimmick. Are you kidding me? Same thing. Charisma out the yin-yang, uh, something different, a cool character. Everything about him screams cool. So, like, again, the, these are talents, and I mean no disrespect to them, that would have a hard time getting a dark match back when I was on SmackDown because of how the landscape was that different back then. Because... Everybody would say, what's the difference between how he looks and then the fans in the front row? What's what's the difference? Right? That would be the knock. Well, we've come a long way. And this being a main event match, again, they've done this many a time. It's not the biggest guys on that show that main event. Um, and this is proof of it. This is where the business is right now. It's not the biggest so, guys. The point is it's the two two of the smallest they had. That's why it was kind of notable to me. Yeah, and why we all but, 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 but it's the smallest they have on a, on a small roster to begin with. Yeah. 
And while they are small, they both have distinctive looks. Like Darby Allen's got that crazy face paint and that whole gimmick. And then John Silver is just this like pocket hole. He's this little guy, but in a big he's package jet. where he's shredded and he's just somebody that you want to see. And like pro wrestling does have a big man bias, and that is you know the golden ages where a lot of big guys on top and stuff like that. But there is in combat sports precedent for smaller guys drawing. You look at Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor, two of the biggest stars. Like there is an idea that somebody who's small with a lot of charisma can draw money. And I think that can happen in wrestling as long as the company commits to them. Company has to commit to them. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Well, again, I, and I, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not poo pooing the match. This match was very entertaining. And again, Darby bumped his ass off. John Silver looked, uh, you know, look, look strong. So that was dynamite. All right. We are, uh, we are at our 90 minute mark. So we're going to try to wrap this up in a minute, but I want to give one news item. I'm going to say this. Each of you can give one sentence reaction. Matt, I'll start with you. News today. Okay. Two news items. First off, there were two new Hall of Fame inductees announced for this year's class. Give me a one-sentence response to this. The great Kali is going into the Hall of Fame. What? <laughs> are you shitting me? Is that your sentence? What? Are you shitting me? Uh, fine. Yeah, I'm just well-deserved. Okay, it's WWE Hall of Fame, well-deserved. Congratulations. Okay, my one sentence is the year for the speeches not to be live that's the year to put Kali in, which is this year. Okay. And How the hell was a great Kali in the Hall of Fame? Because they need to expand in India. Okay. And oh, that'll do it. That, that, that'll that definitely do it, right? You couldn't just put him on a Legends contract and have him go do the marketing for you there. But you got to put him in the Hall of Fame? Because fan. that's going to make people come watch the current product. Hey, did you hear? They put Greg Kali in Hall of Fame. I wasn't going to go watch SmackDown here in Pune, India, but now I am. Now. <laughs> All right. Inductee number two was announced today in a very cool fashion. Yikes. Matt Morgan, in a very cool fashion today, a surprise. The Undertaker popped up on the bump this morning, sitting in his truck in, the passenger, in, the, in his driver's seat, and he got on FaceTime with Mayor Kane Glenn Jacobs, and he informed Kane, you're going in the Hall of Fame this year. Matt Morgan, your one-sentence response. About damn time. Definitely about damn time. One of the greatest big men of all time. No question about it. And he legit surprised Kane. Mm-hmm. Kane was almost in tears. This was, this was a shoot. You can tell this was not rehearsed. He was speechless. Awesome. Such a great guy. And a, more importantly, one of the greatest gimmicks and characters in WWE yeah. history. And that is not hyperbole, folks. It is. Kane is one of the coolest debuting characters and one of the coolest gimmicks, most original gimmicks, longest lasting gimmicks, and successful gimmicks that WWE has created of all time. Absolutely. One of the greatest backstories and then a character that just evolved and evolved and evolved. All right. So, uh, and, and, and I, I, I assume the taker would be the one that would be the, in, like, Absolutely. Him. Yeah, I can see that kind of sad. That one's not going to get a live crowd. I joke about Kali. I'm kind of sad. That one's not going to get the live crowd. Um, all right. Well, that was, uh, all that we have tonight. A lot of stuff, AEW dynamite NXT. Thanks you for all the super chats. Thanks for all the likes and subscribes. Great to have Matt Morgan back. Uh, as again, we're approaching takeover. Is NXT going to be moving to Tuesday nights? We all wait to see, but we got a busy couple weeks coming up here as we get into Mania Land. Uh, Matt Morgan, anything to plug? No, you don't have anything to plug. No. Alfred Kunawa, you can find him at Forbes.com. Alfred, do you have a schedule when you write, or you just write whenever the mood is? It's pretty much every day. You know, it's every, it's like every other day, really, whenever something's happening. But I cover all the events, Ross, SmackDown, NXT, so just pretty much every day. 
Follow him at This Is Nasty. Again, I'm on the Wrestling Daily tomorrow, Busted Open Friday, all that good stuff. Subscribe hey, here. Al- yes. Alfred, what's your Facebook? Uh, it's Alfred B. Cunnable the Third. I'll send you a link. I sent you a link. Yeah, I'll send you Okay, I, I friended you. We're friends uh, on Facebook. I friended you a couple weeks ago. Oh. I'll send you a, I'll text you a link. All right. I'm not please. Facebook friends with Matt Morgan. Oh, then you too, please. <laughs> no, no, no. He has to earn that. You can't just give that away. <laughs> All right. Very good. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And uh, this podcast will be back Friday for SmackDown with some combination that doesn't include me. Have a good one. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.